Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. The Lord's so good. I'm so glad to be here this morning. Alan and I both got this virus, and I got my voice back. Alan doesn't have his voice back yet, but um, he's under doctor's care, and we believe the healing mercies of God are working, and he will be healed and strong and have a voice again. So He's writing his devotions. If you've been listening, I've been reading them. And he wrote this message. The Lord gave him a message for today. And and I'm the voice. I get to speak it. (laughs) You may not say that. I'm going to tell his joke. (laughs) And I'm not really good at jokes either. Okay, I didn't even get it at first. So let's see if I could do this right. I'll try not to laugh you know, at the wrong time either. (laughs) Okay, ready? Let me think here. Um, There were these two people, they were going on a vacation. And so they were going to go to the airport and they called Uber to come and get them. And the driver came and was in the driveway and they were about to go, they were walking to the car and the husband says to the wife, "Um, a cat, I forgot to lock up the cat. I got to go back to the house and lock up the cat. So the wife says, okay. So she goes into the car and it's a long time. And it got a little uncomfortable with the driver. So just to kind of make him feel a little better, she said, well, you know, my husband, he's checking on my mother. She's elderly and she gets real concerned when we leave and all. And so that must be what's taking him so long. So a little longer still. And he gets in the car, the husband, and he's like, aggravated. And with a loud voice, he goes, stupid old thing. She hid under the bed. I had to get a broomstick and poke her to get her out. (laughs) They got it again. I did it. I actually told a joke. I didn't get it. I had to have Alan tell it to me twice. I was like, the cat mother, who's under the bed? (laughs) The whole idea is to get unstuck. And that's the message for today, is for us to get unstuck. Now, we all understand what stuck is. We've been stuck in traffic, stuck in a career, stuck in a relationship. You can get stuck in your relationship with the Lord, or even stuck into a lifestyle that you feel like there's no way out. It's a terrible feeling to feel stuck, and yet we all have felt that. I did something ridiculous years ago. I was a young mom, and my kids were young, and and I was having an argument with Alan. I remember it was a Saturday. It was about 5 or 6 o'clock at night. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And I did a girl thing. I just said, I'm going to go for a ride. I'm going to leave you with the kids, feed them something, and I just have to go for a ride because I'm so upset. So at this time, there weren't cell phones, you know, in the car. We, we didn't have any of that. So I get in the car, and I decide to drive to Tomball, where my dad was buried. Decker Prairie or Prairie Decker, it's, it's a cemetery out there. I drive there, and I'm just complaining. I'm all upset, sitting in a graveyard, which was ridiculous. And I turn around and I look, and I can't believe it. Someone's actually closing the gates. I was like, no, I've never noticed gates to this cemetery. This can't be happening. I get in my car. By the time I drive over there, he's locked the gates. 
his black hearse-like truck is right in the front and it's running. So I'm, I'm at the gate going, please, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm here, you can't do this, can't happen. And right as he gets his, car, his foot in the car, his peripheral vision, he sees me. And he's shocked and he goes, I've never done this before. I'm like, neither have I. I'm stuck in a cemetery, who does this? I'm locked in a cemetery. He said, well, I don't have the keys, actually. I have to go back to the main funeral home, which is 20 minutes away, and then 20 minutes back until I can get you out. I'm like, that's okay, just please don't forget me. I'm in a cemetery. And so night fell. That's why I remember the time was dark. And I'm doing some kind of repentant, I'm telling you. I was like, Alan's a wonderful husband. I, I, I think I really mean this. Forgive me when I don't. I'm just, oh, Father, help me. And I'm repenting, and I can't tell you how relieved I was when I saw the headlights coming in that darkened alley to come and get me and, and let me out. By the time I got home, Alan's like, where were you? I was like, it's a long story. <laughs> I got stuck. It seems like there was no way out at all. But we don't have to be that way. Actually, with God, he can get us out of a stuck position. And I want to show you this scripture, Psalm 18. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. And by my God I can leap over a wall. I love this because when life gets dark... The Lord's like, I can actually light something up for you and give you vision that you see things you haven't seen yet. If something seems like, but you don't understand, everything's against me. It's a troop. It's big. With God, he's like, I actually know a way through that. There's a way through it to the other side. And you're like, really? But the obstacle is like a wall. How on earth there's this huge hindrance? Nobody's gotten through it. But with God, he says he knows a way over it. So no matter how we're stuck, no matter how hopeless we feel, that there's no way out of a situation, actually, with God, he has a way to get us through, to get us over, and in the darkest time to light a candle. We all know that when the electricity goes out and you light a candle, what warmth one little flame gives us and what visibility to. And I believe that's what God wants to give us, visibility to see what he sees. And I really believe he's getting us out of some things where we felt, I just felt hindered, stuck. In the scriptures, there's a beautiful story of 10 lepers that were also stuck that get unstuck. I'm going to read that to you out of Luke 17. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. 
So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith and trust and belief in me has made you whole or well. I love this. Now, at that time, leprosy would be a horrible disease. It still is today. They actually have medications when it's seen in other countries this day. But at this time in Bible times, nothing. It's a bacteria that affects the nervous system. First, the hands and the feet go numb, and then you actually lose those extremities. And there's deformities that happen to the face as well. Horrible. If you didn't feel terrible on the outside for what was happening and how you were becoming disabled and crippled with this disease that was eating away at your flesh, you would feel that way on the inside lepers because you were not allowed in society anymore. You actually had to live outside of the camp you were shunned because nobody wanted to get it. People were afraid of you. You had to leave your jobs, your family. It's the unloved, untouched, unreachable people. And yet, as 10 lepers in this horrible stock situation, they cry out for mercy. They could have cried out for so many other things. They could have asked for bread or money, or justice, or pity, sympathy. Do you feel sorry for us? They asked for mercy. Do you know what mercy is? In both the Greek and the Hebrew, it is the same word as compassion. Actually, mercy is an active compassion to lift the misery off of our life. Mercy is a tender love towards someone. Mercy is an eager yearning to help someone. And that's everything of who God is. Not just what he does. It's who he is. We can actually even call him the merciful, compassionate one. And they ask for mercy. And Jesus answers them. But he answers them in an interesting way. The answer to their plea for mercy is an instruction. An instruction that doesn't even really make sense. You see, under Jewish law, if there was a leper that thought they were healed, when they were healed, they would go to a priest. A priest would examine them and only the priests could allow them to go back into society, go back into their families. These 10 lepers weren't healed when Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest, yet they went in obeying an instruction that seems counterintuitive to what you would do. They became cleansed and healed and purified. An instruction an answer to the mercy of God. And as they're going and they feel, they see healed, they, they look healed, one of them, one of them notices. And he comes back and he gives thanks. He's not far off at this time. At first they talk to him far off. Then he comes and he falls down at Jesus' feet up close. And he says, thank you. 
And I love how Jesus says, isn't there anybody else that would come and glorify God? I haven't thought sometimes that my thanksgiving to God is glorifying him. It makes me want to thank him more. I love this message because it makes me want to thank God more for who he is and be like that one. And then Jesus also notices and said, and he's a Samaritan. He was also just terribly prejudiced against at that time. Samaritans were hated. But God doesn't hate people. Even though people can shun someone and make them an outcast and just treat them cruelly, God never will. He doesn't. He comes up close to hurting humanity. He comes up close to us only to show us how much he loves us and longs with an earnestness to lift the misery off of our lives, off of our souls. He's so good. I remember even as a kid, and I'm sure all of us have experienced times when someone just treated you horrible and you had that lonely, terrible feeling. I think in some ways we can understand physical pain. We can understand emotional pain. And yet God wants to speak to both of those things. And I believe the man who came and thanked the Lord, he got something different. He actually engaged with Jesus himself. And Jesus spoke to him to think that the God of heaven and earth, a God who's merciful and kind and compassionate, who can help you, and wants to help you, will speak to you. Will light a candle in any dark situation that you're in. Will help you get through. Will help you go over. Can help you get unstuck. God's so good. He's so kind. And he loves us. Truly, truly, he loves us. These stories in the Bible, I love to read them over and over and over again. But more than just stories, they're patterns. They're plans from God that help us today. They're ways for us to be able to get out of a situation that seems hopeless. You're hemmed in. You're stuck. How do you get unstuck? The first thing, and we see it in the story that we can do today, is ask God for mercy. Ask him for mercy. In Hebrews, it says this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in any time of need. God will help us in any time. It's a throne of grace. Okay, now let's, let's look at it this way. This is how merciful God is. If I'm confessing my sins, because we all do it wrong, it, it, it doesn't make sense to try to justify ourselves. We don't do things right. We make mistakes. So if I'm going to confess my sins and what I do wrong in a court of law to the justice system, I'm judged guilty. If I confess my sins to the Father God, I'm judged with mercy and I get forgiveness. Oh my goodness, what a difference you can see in a loving heart of God. How much he cares about us. Paul says he's a father of mercy. 
and to know the love of God. I pray for us as a people out of the scriptures that we would know the love of Christ, not just what he can do for us, although he wants to and he will, and I believe he's going to move miraculously in our midst, but it's who he is to us, that he loves us, even when we don't do it all right. In the 1860s, he's good, isn't he? He's loving. In the 1860s, there was a man named Joseph Merrick. Joseph Merrick, when he was born at that time, he began to develop all kinds of tumors and deformities in his body. Medical science wasn't as advanced at that time. They didn't know what it was. It hindered his speech. It hindered everything. His mother died when he was 11. The warmth and comfort that he had was gone, and he was absolutely treated cruel, treated like an animal, actually. The only job that he could get, and at that time in Victorian England, was in a freak show. And freak shows at that time, sadly enough, they were filled with disabled people. And people would pay to come and gawk at them. Joseph Merrick was part of a freak show. And he was called the Elephant Man because he was that deformed. This is a picture of him. No one had ever seen anything like that. And people didn't give him sympathy. They treated him cruel, like an animal. But there was a doctor named Sir Frederick Trevis, and he was a compassionate man, and he was a Christian, and he had heard of Joseph Merrick, and I believe had seen him. And he asked, he said, can I examine you? Would it be all right if I examined you? And Joseph Merrick said, yes. And upon examining him, he said, well, you may be disabled in your body, but he is not disabled emotionally and intellectually. In fact, he was very bright. He had taught himself to read and to write. And when Joseph Merrick quoted the 23rd Psalm, the doctor said, how did you learn that? Where did you learn that? He said, I love the 23rd Psalm. Joseph Merrick said, I read my Bible every day. I love the Psalms. And Psalm 23 is one of my favorite. You see, Joseph Merrick knew the Lord. He was devoted to the Lord. And he knew that God was in him, stuck in a body, but not stuck on the inside in his heart. This doctor, isn't that sweet? This doctor, Trevis, was able to, he wrote a letter to the London Times, was able to get funding and secure him a place in the hospital until he died to get medical attention. Prominent people like Queen Victoria, King Edward, came to see him. He still had to be examined to be able to stay there. And it bothered the doctor. And the doctor said to him one day, I, I'm just so sorry for how you've been treated so cruel. It's not right. And I'm so sorry that still in some ways you're on display. People are just curious about what you look like. And do you know what John Joseph Merrick said? He said, I'm happy every hour of every day because I know I'm loved. He knew the doctor loved him. 
He knew the love of the Lord. To know the love of God, to know that God loves you, is a foundation for being able to come out of any situation that you feel stuck in, any kind of circumstance that seems hopeless and helpless. It's never too hard for God. And he yearns and longs for you to come through. And you can. God's good and he's kind and he's merciful, compassionate, and he's that to you. Now, with his mercies, often he'll give us an instruction. He'll give us something to do. And it sounds counterintuitive. That's actually Alan's words. Big word, isn't it? (laughs) It doesn't always make sense. Sometimes God's instructions, you're like, but it doesn't match what I'm praying about, actually. But maybe it does. His instructions will never go, go against his word. It will never go against his spirit. And sometimes it's so simple, you can miss it. It could be, read your Bible more. Pray. Forgive that one. Let the past be the past at last. Stop worrying. Don't carry that burden. It's too heavy for you. Give it to me. It could be those instructions. And as we do them, they cleanse us. They heal us. They purify us. So whatever God says to do, you want to do. Years ago, before we started the ark, we volunteered at Lakewood Church, and we worked under Pastor John Osteen, which was Joel's dad. He asked us to take um, care of a singles ministry. It was an older singles ministry, and they were not happy at all. It was just, and they were really unhappy with us. And we, we do, it dwindled down to 12 people. I mean, there were Elvis lookalikes in here. It was like not good. So Alan's brain going, I feel more than stuck. This is like, you know, I'm like, is it your preaching? I'm not sure what's the matter here. So he's praying, and the Lord impresses upon him, stop trying to minister to everybody when they come. Take that little group of 12 and get out there and reach out. Why would you do that? They need something, right? We have to, like, they need, no, give. So we began, we met on Friday nights. We went to nursing homes. We went to, um, we found an apartment complex filled with disabled people that needed help. We went to halfway homes and anything in the church, children's church needed help, youth needed We Our group was there helping. And the group became happy and healthy. And within a year and a half, we're a couple of hundred people. And I was like, thank you, Lord. We came out of unstuck. God has ways through. God has ways over. God can light a candle in you, for you. He's compassionate. He's looking to help us as a people. And then another thing we always have to remember to do, and that is to be thankful. Give thanks before anything ever happens. It's easy to give thanks when it happens. You're like, yay, I got everything. But when you give thanks before, the Samaritan, the foreigner, someone who who was outside a covenant with God, came and gave thanks before the priest ever declared him healed or clean. 
He gave thanks ahead of time. Do you know that's a sure way to begin to come out of a stuck place? You just begin to thank God. Little things, big things. Within this past year, I began doing something. I got a little notebook and I put it by my bedside. And every night before I go to bed, I write down things I'm thankful for. And I'm so surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm so surprised that even when I have a no good, terrible day, there's still good things in it for me to thank God for. There's still mercies. And I'm like, of course, because God said his compassions will never fail us. He said his mercies are new every morning. I love to write that, but we have to remember that. He's good and he's kind and he has mercy for us all the time. Such a reason we have to be thankful. Oh my goodness, it's a powerful, actually, weapon. It's good manners. It's powerful in our lives to come out of stuck. But I love this one story that Alan tells us. It's one of my favorites. It's about a dad and, and his son. And his little boy, the mom had died when he was young. And so um, the dad wanted, she's, he's trying to be dad and mom and be everything. And he decides to go on a picnic. Little boy had never been on a picnic. So he gets his lunch together the night before. He packs the car the night before. The little boy's really excited, never been on that. And so they go to bed. <laughs> dad falls asleep. Little boy trudges down the hallway, wakes the daddy up. And he goes, Daddy, Daddy. And he goes, what is it? He goes, I can't sleep. He goes, how come you can't sleep? He said, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about tomorrow. He says, well, I'm really glad you're excited about tomorrow, but we're not going to have fun if, you know, we don't get any sleep. So go back to bed. Little boy trudges down the hallway. The dad finally falls asleep. Little boy never does. He gets up again, goes back to his daddy's room. This time he's shoving him and shaking him. Daddy, daddy, daddy. His dad's like upset at this point. You know how you are as a parent. He's, he's about to say something harsh until he sees the look on his little boy's face. He goes, what is it? What's the matter now? He says, Daddy, I just want to thank you for tomorrow. And how we can do that with the Lord. Thank you for tomorrow. Tomorrow will have new mercies in it. Tomorrow will we be loved by a God who created the heavens and the earth. We will be loved by a God who can get us through everything, anything, over anything, and light up our lives in a way that absolutely no one can, not just on the outside, on the inside, in our hearts. He's so good, and if we know him as our Lord and Savior, we can thank him for eternity. Let's all pray. So let's all pray together. Father, I just thank you so much for every person here and every family represented. And I ask you, Lord God, to reveal to us your love and your mercies, that we would know the love of Christ. And those that feel that they're stuck in a situation they've never been able to get out of, I ask you that they will be able to come through. They will be able to go over. They will come through and move out of where they are. You're a God of possibilities. You're a God who heals. You're a God who hears. You're a God who helps us. Thank you, thank you. Now, if you're here 
today with our heads bowed. And you're like, I don't know if I've ever really prayed and asked the Lord to come into my life and accepted Jesus as Savior. Or I'm so far away. It's been so long that I felt close. And you want to come back to him? I'm not going to ask you to come down or anything embarrassing. Just raise your hand. God sees it. And we'll pray a simple prayer together. If that's you, you need to come back or know him. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? See, yes, 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 yes. Raise your hand. God loves you, cares about you. And we'll pray this together. Dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My, my past is forgiven and I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.